You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. I want you to be honest with me. How many of you believe that there is something in you that you still want to change? Raise your hand. You do? All right. Wonderful. Some people did not raise your hand. I wonder why. You know, we're going to talk about a guy in the Bible who needed a lot of change. Ask me who. How many of you know Peter? Peter the Apostle. You, you, you kind of like, you know, heard about him? Okay, Peter. Peter, you know, we, we think of Peter and, oh, he's the apostle. Oh, he's the, you know, oh, he's the leader of the apostles. Oh, he's the first pope. But you kind of look at his background and you know that there's a lot of things that needed to change. Three things that he needed to change. And I'd like to share that with you. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. We're going to go deep in the Word. And the first thing that I find in the Bible that Peter needed to change was his impulsivity. Everybody say impulsive. He was, he was that kind of a guy. He was riding a boat. He sees Jesus walking on the water, gets all excited, and says, Wow! Me too! Pick me! Pick me! And then, and then, you know, Jesus motions him over and he jumps into the water and he starts walking in the water and then starts sinking in the water. You know why he sank? Ask me why. Because he has small feet. Okay, that's an old joke. Never mind that. Just <laughs> and then the second thing about Peter was that he was, v- <laughs> he was violent. He really was. Garden of Gethsemane. The soldiers came to arrest Jesus. Peter, what did he do? What did he do? Grabs his sword, grabs his dagger, and then he attacks the servant, slices off the ear of the... You heard, kind of like, you know, you kind of like heard about that story? Okay. Now, have you ever wondered... Who were arresting Jesus? Soldiers. What was he doing attacking the servant? Ah. Everybody say, ah. I mean, if I were Peter, I would do the same thing. You know, grab my dagger, attack the soldier, and then I realize the soldier has a longer sword. Who has, doesn't have a sword? Aha, servant. <laughs> the third weakness of Peter was that he was a fake. Everybody say fake. All talk, very little action. Raise your hand if you kind of like know of someone who's all talk and very little action. You know of somebody like that? Mm-hmm. Some people don't. You, you just Can you just talk to me? Hello? This is a two-way thing, right? Okay. You don't know of anyone who's all talk and little action? If you do, raise your hand. You, you know of some people like that? Like in the mirror when you look at... <laughs> we know of people who, who love talking about their... How much they, you know, they earn and... You know, about the big deals that they have and about the... About the big people they talk to. 
you know, oh, I earned, you know, really much. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. But then when you're eating in a restaurant and it's time to pay the bill, they're always in the toilet. Like every time. It's like, where's Bill? I don't know. You, oh. So there. Um, Peter was like that. Can I show you? Can I prove it to you? May I? Matthew chapter 26, verse 33. Jesus was talking about his death. And then Peter says to everybody, declares it, announces it. Jesus, I will never leave you. Even though the, all this rest the rest will do. You know, all these, all these sissies, all these chickens, they, they'll leave you. I won't. I won't. I'm your bodyguard. No one touches you if I'm around. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in Peter's mouth, but that, that, that's Peter. But you know what happened, right? John chapter 18. Three questions. Three denials. You know the story a bit. Familiar with the story? The other disciple was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl. Everybody say servant girl. On duty and there brought Peter in. You aren't one of those man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. And he replied, I'm not. I'm not. Servant girl. I'm, imagine, I'm imagining 5'2", petite, slender, slim. Peter, burly guy. 5'2", girl saying, you're, you're, one of the, you're one of those, the disciples of that guy, right? That Jesus guy. And Peter, leader of the gang, alpha male, bold and brave. Even if the others will leave you, I will not leave you. To this 5'2 servant girl, me? Know him? Nah. Huh? Who, who's he? And then it happened again. He replied, I am not. Verse 18, it was cold. And the servants and officials stood around a fire. Everybody say fire. This is very important. I'll, I'll explain in, in this talk. Fire that they made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Everybody say warming himself. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it. I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. In Matthew, gives you a different more dramatic statement from Peter during his denial. He said, I swear that I'm telling the truth. May God punish me if I'm not. I do not know that man. May lightning strike me and fry my brain. May Godzilla eat me up and chew my bones, spit me and then eat me up again if I know that guy. And then, of course, he realizes his mistake. He realizes his fall. What I want to share with you today is how this character named Peter, with all his mistakes, and he being impulsive, and he being violent, and he being a fake, is changed. Everybody say that word, changed. To become who we know him to be. 
the one who died for Jesus, he was crucified. Like Jesus. Did you know that? Peter was crucified like Jesus. This coward, all of a sudden leading the church. Yes, becoming the first pope. How did that all happen? Jesus changed him. And my question to you is this. Do you want to be changed by Jesus? Is there anything in your life that you want Jesus to change? If there is, then you need to go to through two things that Peter went through. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm listening. The two things that, that, that Peter had to go through. It was internal renewal. What he said so powerfully. Change is an inside job. Two things. Do you want to change? If you want to change, number one, get loved. Everybody say, get loved. I've been in ministry for the past 40 years, trying to help people change. And I've realized one thing. Ask me what? There's only one thing that can help people change. Only love can change people. Tell somebody beside you, only love. Only love. Jesus loved Peter. And that's why Peter changed. Can I prove it to you? Can I? John chapter 21 verse 3. This was after the crucifixion. Peter, Peter denies Jesus. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. No. I, I, I don't know him. I don't know him. Jesus dies on the cross. What happens right after? Peter gives up on himself. Peter is so discouraged, he says this. John chapter 21. I'm going fishing. Meaning to say, my call has been canceled. I've done such a horrible thing. I disowned the Lord. I betrayed him. Sorry, but I'm over. It's done. I will not be an apostle anymore. I will not be a disciple. I'm not worthy to follow Jesus. I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my old life. Did you get that? Did you get that? That was, that was what John was trying to say, the Gospel of John. You know, he was going back. And so the apostles were fishing. And then this is what happened. Chapter 21, verse 4. As the sun was rising, Jesus stood at the water's edge. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. He was the risen Jesus. Then he asked them, young men, haven't you caught anything? Not a thing, they answered. He said to them, throw your net out to the right side of the boat and you will catch some. So they threw the net out and could not pull it back because they had caught so many fish. I want you to know that that exact scenario, fishing, no fish, Jesus says, put the net on the other side of the fish, of the net, of the, of the boat, and then they had an incredible harvest. That exact scenario happened three years ago. When? When Jesus called Peter for the first time. Everybody say, oh. Why? Why exact thing, exact sequence, exact miracle? Because Peter, in his mind, was saying, my call was canceled. I have sinned against God so much. I'm not worthy anymore. It's over. I'm going back to fishing. 
I cannot anymore be a disciple, an apostle. Jesus reenacts his call to tell him, Your call has not been canceled. You're giving up on yourself. God is not giving up on you. God's mercy is bigger than your mess. Do you think your life is a mess? This is your God. Do, you hear, do I hear a loud amen? amen? In this room, there might be people who are thinking the way Peter is thinking. You're thinking, I've messed up, Brother Bo. There's no chance in my life anymore. I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. Surrender. Hindi ko na kaya. Hindi na ako mahal ng Dios. God cannot forgive me anymore. God's words for you are the same words that he gave to Peter. He's reenacting your call. Whatever happened to you five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, when you heard God calling you, the same call he is giving to you now, God is not giving up on you. You know what? I want you to know this. What's the difference between Judas and Peter? You probably heard this before. Judas betrayed Jesus. Yes? Peter denied Jesus. Yes? Do you know both of those sins are the same? Peter and Judas committed the same sin. The difference is not in the sin. The difference is how they responded to God's love. Judas never went back. He gave up. Peter went back to Jesus. Can I preach to you today? Do not be a Judas. Be a Peter. Come back to God. Come back to God. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. If Judas, if Judas went back to Jesus, we will be praying to a Saint Judas Iscariot right now. Da, 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 da. It's like whatever I said, just whoop, right? what, what did Brother Bo say? I don't know. I was talked about some saint. I don't know. Can I rewind? It, it, it had no effect. It's like, I, I'm going to rewind. If Judas went back to Jesus and said, Jesus, I sold you for 30 silver. I mean, that was horrible. I betrayed you. Please forgive me. We would be praying to St. Judas Iscariot now. No effect. It's like 10% applauded. I mean, there's, I, I'm, I, there's something wrong with what... Uh, was that too controversial? That's why you're kind of like. Was, wasn't Judah, isn't Judas in hell? I mean, and we're going. I don't know. Nobody knows. All I'm saying is that you've got to be a Peter, not Judas. Now, in, in, the other thing I want you to know about Peter is that probably by this time he was expecting to be scolded. Like, 
like he denied Jesus and then the crucifixion came and then lo and behold Jesus rises from the dead and you can just imagine his excitement oh Jesus is alive oh gosh Jesus is alive and the last time we met was I denied him three times and so here was this point where he sees Jesus right and he's saying Oh gosh, Jesus, okay, he's, he's going to talk to me, uh-oh, oh my God, oh no, oh, well here it, here it comes, here it comes, oh he's approaching me, oh no, oh no, oh no, he's got, oh here comes the thrashing, here comes the scolding and the shouting and the oh my God, he was expecting Jesus to say, Pedro, Mano. I mean he was expecting Jesus to, to like, what did you say about, I will not leave you even if the rest will leave you? What, what did you say? He was expecting Jesus to say, jerk. He was expecting Jesus to say, duag. He was expecting, you, you know what Jesus said? You want to know? Let's read it. Let's read it. When he met Jesus face to face after the resurrection, this is what Jesus said. John 21 verse 12. Come and eat. Kain tayo? That's like me giving my, my, my colorful report card from school to my father when I was a kid. I was so afraid. I shared the story already with you. I gave it to him with fear. And my father looked at it. And I was saying, I wonder what he will say. But all he said was, Gives it back to me and says, just study harder next year. That's what my father told me. Every year, every year I gave him a failing grade. Do you understand that? And I, and I want you to know this is what Jesus did. Come and eat. In the Jewish mind, a meal is a declaration that we're family. And that's what he was telling Peter. So what, what did Jesus do? First, he reenacted his call. Can everybody say he reenacted his call? He was basically saying, Peter, your failure does not cancel our friendship. You may have failed. That's okay. The, the thing with the reenacting of the call is this. Can I, can I dissect with you, give you the anatomy of an addiction? May I? Any addiction is an anesthesia. Always remember that. There is so much pain within you, the hunger for love. That is your greatest pain. And it is so painful, but here's the problem. Instead of reaching out for real love, you reach out for a painkiller. Your bad habits are painkillers. Whether it be to alcohol, whether it be to drugs, whether it be to sex, sex addiction, pornography, video games, um, addiction to material things, any kind of addiction, any kind of bad habit, it is a painkiller to the enormous pain for the lack of love in your heart. My dear friends, I'm going to say it again. Only love changes people. Only love. Reach out for real love instead of painkillers. That's the key. And only Jesus can give you that real love. Believe me. I've been through addictions. I know. 
I had a porn addiction raging for years. It was Jesus and his love for me that, that sealed the deal, that filled my heart with love. I did not need painkillers anymore. Quote, unquote, painkillers of bad habits. Everybody say, get loved. That's step one. Get loved. What is step two? Get real. Everybody say, get real. Why? Ask me why. You cannot receive God's love without humility. Getting real means getting humble. And many times the only way to get humility is to be humiliated. And this is what happened. Jesus reenacted Peter's call, but he also had to reenact Peter's fall. Everybody say, reenact Peter's fall. Why? I'll tell you why. Um, chapter 21, verse 9. Come and eat, Jesus said. And they gathered around him. And then it says here, when they stepped ashore, they saw a charcoal fire. Everybody say that, fire. With the fish on it and some bread. Did we not hear about fire just a few minutes ago? You, you remember? We read it a while ago. You were in the room. Uh, at least you appear to be in the room uh, a few minutes ago. We read about fire in the house of Caiaphas where Peter was, being, was denying. Oh, no, no, I, I don't know him. I don't know that guy. And then it says that he warmed himself in the fire. The Greek word was anthrakian. Everybody say anthrakian. So that next weekend when you have barbecue with your family, you can impress them and say, put my barbecue in the anthrakian. You know, just impress them. There are only two times in the whole New Testament that word was used. Only two times. John used it. First in the house of Caiaphas when Peter denied Jesus. And in the seashore when Jesus built the fire himself and prepared breakfast. Why? Ask me why. He was reenacting Peter's fall. Listen to me. How many times was Peter asked when he denied Jesus? How many questions? Three. After the breakfast or in the middle of that breakfast, I'm sorry, in the middle of that breakfast, Jesus asked Peter again three times, do you love me? He was reenacting that whole fall. Why would Jesus have to reenact Peter's fall? You want to know? You really want to know? I'll tell you why. Because when you fall, when I fall, when we sin, our first, this is, this is difficult. This is, can I sit down? Imagine you and I are in this room. You and I, one on one. Are you ready? When you sin, when I sin, our first instinct is to deny. Is to deny. Is actually to, ah, I fell, but not too much. 
we make excuses, we justify, we, we, we kind of like say, um, nagkasala ako, pero konti lang naman. That's the first thing. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. You're even denying that you're denying. You're... I was talking to a guy who was having an affair. And he told me, classic, brother Bo, totoo naman. And I fell. May meron akong karelasyon. Ibang babae. Totoo yan, brother Bo. Pero, brother Bo, lahat naman kami mga magkakaibigan, ganyan eh. Justification number one. I fell into having an affair, but all my friends are doing it. Justification number two. And brother Bo, wala to sa kaibigan ko si Kulas. Ako, isang babae lang. Si Kulas, apat. You know, my friend has four. Four girls. I just have one. What do you call that? Denial. What do you call that? Wearing a mask. You know, you know the problem with wearing a mask? Ask me what? If you wear it too long, you'll think you're the mask. You know the problem with lying? You lie and you lie and you lie until a point where you lie and you believe in your own lies. What happens? You're not real. You're fake. And that's what Peter was. And Peter had to get real. And Jesus had to reenact his fall so that he wakes up and he realizes, I have fallen. I need to be humble. I need to be desperate. You know, when you justify and we excuse and we say, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You're not desperate. You're not real. And then God's love cannot enter your heart. Are you with me on this? You need to submit to God. You need to be real. And you need to be humble. I'll ask Audie to close this message and to bring us into prayer. Thank you, Brother Bo. Can I invite everybody to stand up? Were you blessed by today's message? You know, the gospel that we've been using comes from the gospel of John. And uh, just a trivia, when John wrote his gospel, originally the language that he used was Greek. And in the Greek language, you know the word love? comes in four different translations. Can I teach you some Greek? There is agape love. Can you say agape? Agape, which means unconditional love, perfect love. Only God's love can be agape. It's, it's, it's blameless. It's faultless. And then the other kind of love is called eros. Say eros. Eros is romantic love or the love for you and your spouse, your husband and wife. And then there's also storge. Say storge. Storge. Storge is love for family or blood ties, relatives. And then the last kind of love is called philia. Say philia. Philia is brotherly love. It's love for your friends, you know, brother in Christ, sister in Christ. So could you turn to the person standing next to you and say, I feel ya. I feel ya. I feel ya. So let me preach this, all right? The very first time what Brother Bo was preaching, the very first time that Jesus asked Peter that famous question, Peter, do you love me? Jesus was, asking, was actually using the word in replacement of love. He was using agape love because it's God's love. It's perfect love. So Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you 
agape me? Then Peter answers and he says, yes, Lord, I love you. But here's the thing. When Peter said, I love you, Peter was not using the word agape because he knew that his love was not perfect. He just recently came from denying Jesus three times. So if there's anybody who knew his imperfection, it was Peter. So we see somehow this loud, boastful man was being humbled because he knew in his heart that he could not give the same kind of love to Jesus. So instead, Peter was using philia. So when he said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know I philia you. That's true. That's what he said. It's not a joke. But then on the second time around, Jesus asks Peter again, Peter, do you agape me? And then Peter once again says, yes, Lord, I feel you. But then the third time around, something changes. Jesus turns to Peter and then says to him, Peter, do you feel me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I feel you. Something amazing happens right there. This is how amazing God's love is, all right? Twice, Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me unconditionally? Do you love me in a perfect way? And then twice, Peter answers, yes, Lord, I love you, but only as a brother. And so the third time around, when Jesus asks Peter, he already knew that Peter's love was not the same kind of love that Jesus gave. What did he do? What did he, do? he didn't force the issue. He didn't force Peter to, to say, you love me the same way I love you. No, he didn't. Instead, he lowered himself down to the love of Peter. Jesus loved himself to the same love as Peter. Here's my point. God doesn't expect agape love from us. Because He knows that our love is not agape. It's philia. It's imperfect. It's broken. It's messy. It's inadequate. It, it's failing. Jesus doesn't expect philia love from, uh, agape love from you. He expects only filial love from you. And guess what? Even if it's imperfect, God loves you the same way. He accepts your love the same way, even if it's imperfect. Think about this. Think about this. This is how God operates, my friends. God meets you where you are. He didn't have to come down from the heavens he could have stayed up there on the throne, up on the mountains. But guess what? He came down from his mountains, down to the valley to meet you where you are. In the middle of your sin, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your shame, in the middle of your storm, God meets you where you are. In fact, God meets you right now where you're standing from where you are. In the midst of your imperfection, in the midst of your weaknesses, in the midst of your limitations, God meets you right there. And He's not expecting you to love in a, in a perfect way. He's just expecting you to reach out to Him and say, God, here I am. I submit to you, broken as I am. Here I am. Here's my love. It's imperfect, but I pray that you receive it. Are you ready to submit yourself once and for all to Jesus today?
If you are, can I ask you to extend both hands over in the air as a symbol of your surrender, as a symbol of your humility. Father in heaven, here we are with hearts abandoned. We're letting go of our pride, letting go of our ego. Anything that doesn't belong to you, anything that stands in the way, we ask you to remove it. There's some things, Lord, in our life that we're struggling to let go. But we believe that we're in the presence of the one who can restore anything that's broken. Even barren things can come alive because of you. So as we stand in your presence right now, Jesus, we surrender it all to you. We surrender our lives. We surrender our families. We surrender our finances. We surrender our bodies. We surrender our health. We surrender our relationships, Jesus. Take over our lives and change us. Move in us. Transform in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.